We'll get to episode 213 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to supportkeystonechapter.org to make a donation. And while you're there, if you can, check that little box that says you'll cover the fees. Any amount would be greatly appreciated, even a dollar or two, especially if you check that box. Again, supportkeystonechapter.org to make a donation. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 213 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for today's episode, and I've got a few things to talk about as usual. And I'm going to lead off with a fantasy football update, a Frenemies League championship update. Going into Monday night, where I had three guys playing, I was only 19 points behind. And the first thing I thought of was how am I going to lose this? It's just something that happens to me. There's always some crazy out of the normal situations that happen where, as I've mentioned a million times, I hear the phrase, I've never seen anything like that before. And I guess as someone who who has been visually impaired his whole life, there's a lot of things that I haven't seen before, even when I experience them. So, of course, I was watching Monday Night Football, and everybody knows what happened. And it's not just an injury that maybe end a career. This was a life-threatening injury. Again, never happened before on an NFL field during a game. And while I at first thought, well, it's just an injury, why can't they keep going? And then I realized, wait a second, this is life-threatening. This isn't a Joe Theismann broke his leg in a weird situation where the bone was coming all crazy. This was, he could live or he could die. And fortunately, it looks like things are going okay for Hamlin. And as of the time I'm recording this Thursday afternoon, so all the best to him. And I'm glad that that's, he's going to pull through, at at least it seems like at this point, because that's just going to give the players even more concern as they take the field this coming Sunday and and think about what went on. Again, just one of those freak things. And it could happen in any anybody's job. But it was just, it reminded me after I, I was thinking about it and watching the coverage for an hour or so, it reminded me of when Liz and I were walking across the parking lot at Xfinity Live after we had won yet some other either meet and greet or merch or whatever we won at one of the Alt 104.5 summer shows, I said to Liz, wow, what's the story? What, what's going to happen? I just can't imagine. We, we won almost every time we went to one of the summer shows. And the summer shows are free. And so it reminded me of that because, like I said, I was only 19 points behind. I had Joe Burrow, I had T. Higgins, and I had Jamar Chase to play. If you told me I would only need seven, six or seven points a guy to win, I would have said, no problem, it's in the bag. But I knew that when I saw that, I thought, what is going to happen? 
I didn't think I was going to win. I thought I could win. But I thought there's a better chance at something crazy happening. And something crazy did happen. So it was determined yesterday, yesterday by Commissioner Colin from Yahoo that Frank and I would be co-champions, which I'm happy with. I hope Frank is happy with it, too. It is just crazy how stuff like that always happens. And again, never seen anything like that. And I actually chuckled out loud because I don't remember who it was. I think it was Troy Aikman said, I've never seen anything like this before. Again, we're not talking about run-of-the-mill people that are saying this. This is doctors telling me or attorneys telling me when we were trying to get a variance to build a, a building on a property that we owned. Just all sorts of different professionals saying things like that. And I had to chuckle when I heard that because it's just what, <laughs> it's just my thing. It's just what happens. And, and it's happened to Jane as well. And it's, it's almost like it's a curse. And uh, Jane always tells me, you got to go drink the onion juice uh, from, uh, I, I forget the movie, Shia LaBeouf was in it. We had read the book when the kids were younger uh, before the movie came out. But yeah, it's like that. So I'm ready to drink some onion juice and carry somebody somewhere. Just let me know where and where the onion juice will be. <laughs> so uh, Frank, congratulations on our co-championship. Uh, I think it's kind of cool that we're sharing it. And uh, and it was a lot of fun. I, I'm kind of disappointed the season's over now because when Sunday comes and I'm watching Red Zone, I'll be thinking, oh, doesn't matter. doesn't matter that that guy just scored on a 75-yard bomb and that would have gotten me X number of points because it doesn't matter. Everything is done. So in hockey, I won 9 nothing, And I was surprised because... It was pretty close till, till the end. But I had jumped from fourth place to second place. I'm losing this week at, at this point, uh, five to four. Again, most of the categories are pretty close, and I still have 40 games to play. So we'll see what happens there. Again, a long season where I don't even think we're halfway through it yet. Uh, while I'm talking about Frank, I just want to pass along my condolences to him. Uh, his brother-in-law died suddenly this past week, and uh, Frank, I'm really sorry for your loss. I, I hope things are going well for you as, as well as they can be at this point. But again, my sympathies to you and Heidi and your family. One of the things we've done in the last week since we last spoke was try to find furniture for Jane for her apartment. Because she and her roommate were each going into separate apartments now. Jane doesn't have a couch and she doesn't have a coffee table. Basically, she has bedroom furniture and a desk. So she needs a couch and she needs a coffee table or some end tables or something like that for her apartment. And she was looking and she liked some things at West Elm and she liked some things at Crate and Barrel. But one of the issues with her was that her front door is only 28 inches wide. And that posed a problem for most of the things from Crate and Barrel. So we kind of nixed them because we didn't think many, if any of them, would fit through. And there were one or two pieces from West Elm that she liked. But again, same thing. She wasn't 100% sure they would fit through. The one that she really, really liked, when we went and looked at it, 
She just thought it was okay, and she would be settling on it. Now, she did see a couch there that she liked and we thought would fit through, but it was leather, and she was leery about buying leather, and she heard some things, read some things online about it not being durable, and it wasn't cheap. It was, I want to say, twenty eight or 2900 bucks, which isn't cheap, but today's dollars, that's, you know, on the lower end unless you go to Ikea, which we did. And we were kind of pushing Ikea mostly because we don't know how long she's going to be at this apartment. Maybe it's going to be a year. Maybe it'll be five years. We don't know. It's in a, as I mentioned last week, it's in a new neighborhood for her in the Upper West Side where she's used to being downtown. The only time she didn't live downtown was when she actually never (laughs) stayed a night in the apartment on the Upper East Side. And she didn't want to do the Upper East Side now because her office is in Chelsea. So it would have required changing subways somewhere along the way. And her commute would have been well over 45 minutes. Just too long when you're only a few miles away. So the Upper West Side was one of the places she targeted. And obviously downtown because, as I've mentioned before, near the Fulton Transportation Center where she can get a subway to just about anywhere. So when she took this apartment, she thought, okay, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, and moving is a, is a hassle. This last week, we went up uh, on her birthday, on the second. We actually took her back on her birthday instead of her taking the train because she still had stuff at her old apartment. And so we also had a look around. But let me get back to the furniture. We went to Ikea to have a look at the sofa that she liked the looks of online. And we sat in it and we thought, oh, this is great. It feels pretty good. Don't know how durable it is. Honestly, the IKEA furniture that she owns and in the past IKEA furniture that we've purchased, and again, it hasn't been a lot of it, but, you know, smaller shelving units and things like that, they've all held up really, really well, more than you would think when (laughs) when you're putting it together. And not very different and probably more durable than things you would get from Wayfair or Overstock or places like that. So when she sat in the couch and she liked it and she loved the price because it was only $850 or $899 on sale, we thought, okay, she's going to get that one and that was done. Now, I know she hasn't ordered it yet and hopefully she will order it soon, but because she was off from work for a couple of weeks... She has been so swamped this week working, (laughs) as she said, she works her day job from 9.30 to 6, and then her side hustle from 6.30 to (laughs) to like midnight. Last night, it was until 1.15 in the morning. And uh, it's just because of some staffing changes there that she's had to do other people's work who either left or didn't get things done before whatever happened. So... While we were at Ikea, and it was a pretty busy day, we went in between um, Christmas and New Year's. I want to say we went on New Year's Eve to Ikea, so it was pretty busy. And I always like walking around there because I like the looks of the setups that they have. I like going into the little rooms, and I like that. I like checking things out like that, especially there because they have a couple of setups where they have, here's an apartment that's only X number of square feet. 
and it kind of gave Jane an idea of what she could do. And as I mentioned last week, her apartment, she has some really big closets, one of which I would have used as a studio and an office. But she decided, and it worked out really well when we moved her in on January 2nd, she put her bureaus, instead of leaving them out, she could put them in this one closet, and they worked really well, and so she just had that much more room to play around with in her place. And that's once she, <laughs> once she gets everything situated, because right now there's boxes everywhere. Because that's one of the issues that she's kind of disappointed in. Because she's been working so long, she really hasn't had time to put stuff away. So as we're walking around Ikea getting ideas for her, and she ended up buying a few other things, the cool thing was I had broken my tea strainer a couple of days before we had gone, and I said, let's see if they have one. She was looking at some things in the, um, I guess it would be called the housewares section, plates and pitchers and things like that. And they had this tea strainer, which we bought. It was four bucks, very exciting. And now I have one, and I can have my, I use uh, loose leaf tea from T2, which I, just like I've never seen anything like that before, I believe it's been discontinued. It's called pumping pomegranate. <laughs> And I think it's discontinued. I add that. I have a mix of that and black tea in the morning. And it just makes me feel feel good. If I don't have it after a few days, I just my body just really aches. And it's it's the latest of the teas that I drink to feel better and taste good too, but to feel better that have been discontinued. I, I started off with one from Tivana called Queen of Babylon. And that was discontinued a while ago. And right at the end, we bought pounds of it. And at the time, you were able to use, it was part of Starbucks, you were able to use the Starbucks stars uh, that we accumulated. So a lot of them, we paid little to nothing for them, uh, for these pounds of tea. And I had them, you know, I had them probably a year or two after uh, it was no longer available in the store. So we got the tea strainer, she got some dishes and some things, and I don't know if she got silverware, I don't remember, but... She was going to, at some point, order the couch and, and something else, I forget. Oh, a, a TV stand. So it was nice to be there. But one of the things while we were there that Jane really wanted, if you've ever been to Ikea, they have a almost like a fast food type of setup on your way out where they have soft serve ice cream or yogurt or whatever. And we used to get it all the time, especially in the summer, because it was 50 cents or a buck. It's jumped to $1.50, but Jane still wanted to get it. It's different now how you order it, though. Now you have to go to a touch screen. And I'm looking around, and Liz is punching in the order. I said to her, how would, how would I order on this? And I'm feeling things, and I said, let me, let me take a look. She's like, no, we don't have a lot of time. Just take a quick look. But from the preliminary check, it didn't look like there was any spot to plug in headset, earbuds, whatever. And so if I was there, how would I order my soft serve if I were to get some? And I didn't get any that day. Only Jane got some. Then a couple days later, we were in New York. And because we were pressed for time, Jane had the cable guy coming to install her internet. And we had to come back home because we didn't want Ziggy to be caged up for more than he needed to. Jane said, you know what, McDonald's will be fine. We'll just have that for lunch instead of we were going to have a sit down uh, at an Italian place right around the corner from her new apartment place is called Serafina, 
which I know every time I hear that, I think of the Whoopi Goldberg movie from back in the day uh, about South Africa. So we go into this McDonald's and it was dark and dingy, but they did have the kiosks. And I know one of the issues with the McDonald's kiosks, and I don't know if it's still the case because I didn't investigate them because I didn't want, <laughs> I honestly didn't want to touch anything in there. We didn't go over there because you could order at the counter. Now, it probably would have been easier for Liz to order at the kiosk because the girl behind the counter was behind plexiglass because of COVID, I'm guessing. And there was some loud equipment running, whether it was an air handler or some sort of food device cooking things in the back, whatever it was, the girl couldn't hear Liz because she's trying to talk through this piece of plexiglass. And finally, the girl got our order right and we got our stuff and we we got out of there and went back to Jane's apartment and ate lunch. The funniest thing was on the elevator going up, Lady Sauce with the McDonald's bags and said, oh, we just we were just over there, too. That is one sad McDonald's, huh? <laughs> and we agreed. It, it was just, again, dark and dingy. But again, I point out the kiosks. And in some restaurants, I've heard that that's the only way you can order. It, I, I can't tell you the last time I was in a McDonald's. I don't I don't know when it was. But. I know somebody from the NFB National Center had a group of people in New York and they couldn't place their order at a McDonald's in or near Times Square because all these people were blind and there was no way to order. There was no accessible way to order through the kiosk at the time. And again, I don't know if they fixed that. I I think of that every time we go into Panera because Panera also has the kiosks. but, But again, you can also order at the at the counter with them. Sometimes it takes longer to order at the counter because maybe there's other people that don't trust the kiosks, whatever. But it doesn't even give an option for me. And even if it did have a headphone jack because of Apple's insistence on you buying something else and it's completely incompatible with anything else, I wouldn't even have a pair of earbuds on me that I could plug in there. Because usually they just use the standard, what is it, one and a half millimeter plug as opposed to the lightning plug that Apple uses on their devices. Now, I've heard that they're changing that, but I don't think they have yet. So it just made me think of the accessibility. Then it made me start to wonder, if you're blind, who's going to go there on their own? Well, I could go there on their own. Maybe I need to pick up a couple of things and I don't want to pay the $50 delivery fee. And going there in an Uber on my own, I could do that. I could get in there and get what I needed and then want an ice cream or yogurt, whatever that frozen stuff is, and get another Uber and come home. It's not a matter of whether, oh, well, if you're blind, you're not going to go there on your own or you're not going to use that product or service. You can't say that. You may be in business that may need that service. You can't just discount that, oh, a blind person doesn't need that. So I don't know what the answer is there. And as it becomes more and more apparent that folks don't want to work at McDonald's or these other fast food places or many other jobs that are on that end of the spectrum, 
what happens to someone who is blind who wants to go and make a purchase, but there's only a kiosk or that wants to look around? And, and I have to be honest, I, I would love to go up. And, and this was something that I've thought about uh, after not being able to be able to order and get <laughs> get the frozen yogurt on my own. I thought about, hey, this is inaccessible. And, and I've talked before about going to museums and the Philadelphia Zoo and things like that. And they have varying degrees of accessibility. Museum of the American Revolution, very accessible and very excited to help folks who are blind and visually impaired enjoy the museum. And it is a great one. If you're ever in Philadelphia, it's right there in Old City, right down the street from Independence Hall. It's a great place to go and, and check out when you're in town. Another one is the Penn Museum. Same thing. Very interested in making things accessible for blind and visually impaired folks. And I would imagine other disabled folks as well. I can only speak for the blind and visually impaired because I've gone through the different things that they do at the Penn Museum and at the Museum of the American Revolution. So I thought, what if I added, besides doing museums to what my plans are when I finally do get YouTube videos made, what if I also did stores and businesses? I'm on my own. I want to go get Panera. And I want to use the kiosk. Why would I want to use the kiosk when there's a human being 10 feet away that I could just tell my order to? I don't know, but it would be an interesting thing, I think, to do. That is something that I've added to in the accessibility of different locations, whether it's a museum, the zoo, a store, a mall, some other type of business, some other type of venue. And I think it'll be interesting to see how accessible some of these places are. Because like I said, especially at Ikea, the way you have to meander through <laughs> through the furniture. It's interesting, though. You kind of just, I guess, follow the herd through and kind of figure things out that way. And, and their signage was pretty good there as well. Now, I because I was with Liz and Jane, I didn't have to pull out my phone to read what this said or what that said. I kind of went with whatever they said. I would I would say, hey, what is that thing over there? And they would tell me what it is. And we'd just keep moving, or if I wanted to stop and see what it was, I'd go check it out. So I'm looking forward to doing that uh, for businesses as well, because again, it's, it's, it doesn't matter because I might not want some product or service that a business offers, but there might be a blind or visually impaired person that owns a business that needs that product or service. So we'll see how that goes. That's, that'll be coming up. And uh, once I start, obviously, I will let you know. We just dropped episode 57 of White Canes Connect, and in it, we talked to Michelle and Eric from the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And this was something that when Lisa pitched the idea to me, I thought, okay, first things first, we have to make sure that that is not some sort of conflict with the NFB, because White Canes Connect, again, is part of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. It's presented by them. It's the official podcast of the NFB of Pennsylvania. So once we talked to a few people and they gave the okay and we thought, they thought it would be okay. We didn't, we didn't talk to anybody. Well, we did talk to somebody on the board 
uh, about it, and she thought it was fine, so we did the interview, and we dropped the episode. After talking to the folks from the Foundation Fighting Blindness, it is a very different organization. Where the NFB is an advocacy organization, Foundation Fighting Blindness is something that is an organization that raises money for research for specific types of eye problems. Retinitis pigmentosa or Stargardt's disease or Usher syndrome or even age-related macular degeneration. They raise money to help in researching solutions for folks that have those various retina diseases. Very different from the NFB, which is fighting for blind and visually impaired folks to be equals. In, like I was saying, when you go into McDonald's or you go into Ikea and you want an ice cream, I should be able to order just as much as anybody else. And that's what the NFB does. Advocacy, foundation fighting blindness, raises money for research. But one of the things, and I may have mentioned this last week because I, we talked to them right before Christmas, Eric is the president of the Pittsburgh chapter of Foundation Fighting Blindness. And each year, the chapters do what's called a vision walk. And each chapter does it. Some do it in the spring. Some do it in the fall. And they set a goal for how much money they want to raise. And I was just stunned at their goal for last year. Or I guess it, well, yeah, now it is last year. <laughs> their goal was $95,000. And I thought, now we don't know that they hit that goal, but I'm sure if they didn't hit it, they came pretty close. When we started with Believe You Can, when we started the planning for the uh, 2022 version, I said, you know, our goal should be $2,000. And everybody said, oh, $2,000, that's a lot. We only did, I don't remember the year before, 1200 or 1400 And I said, okay, we well, want to make the goal... 1500 fine, but I think we can do $2,000. And we did 1960 We were tickled with 1960 And then when we hear ninety-five grand, we are like, oh, what are we doing wrong? The other thing that struck me with the Foundation Fighting Blindness, and I know I've talked about this before, when you go to an ophthalmologist, whether it's somebody that specializes, cornea, retina, glaucoma, whatever, or just an ophthalmologist for your eye care. And I don't know if this is true for an optometrist, but I think of an optometrist as a, uh, an eye doctor light. <laughs> yes, they can check your pressure, and yes, they can do all that, but it's not, to me, it's not as in-depth, and you're not going to get the same kind of care as you would from a, an ophthalmologist. But even an optometrist, when you go in and you're, you're to the point where you're legally blind, that's 20 over 200 or worse, they really don't know what to tell you. They don't know where to send you so you can get help, so you can figure out, hey, I can't see now. What am I going to do? They can't answer that question. But when somebody from the Foundation Fighting Blindness calls the doctor and says, hey, we're working on this. Here's what you can do. And they do get more support from ophthalmologists and things like that. And I, 
I, I don't know. How, I, I guess the answer is they're funding all, they're pouring all this money into research. So maybe the doctor feels more obliged to help somebody that has RP or Usher syndrome. And here's what you can do. Yes, you have this, and here's what's going to happen. I can't do much for you now, but here's what you can do to get some help. I, I've talked to my ophthalmologist, one that I used after a family friend, and he couldn't tell me what to do. I asked him point blank, what do I do now? He said, I, I don't know what to tell you. And I kind of answered my question. I said, do I call, at the time it was called the Blind Sight Center in Chester, which is not too far from me here in Swarthmore. It's now called CBVI. And I will be going to them because they're going to help me put the screen reader on my computer and set it up for me on my my new laptop. So they couldn't tell me. And we talked about this in episode 57 of White Canes Connect, that when you get to a certain point of your vision journey or your blindness journey or your vision story, whatever you want to call it, when you get to the point where you can't see that well, a lot of times the eye specialist can't tell you what to do to get some help. And again, with the folks from the Foundation Fighting Blindness, they constantly are speaking to specialists and eye care professionals and I guess giving them suggestions and making it known that they're donating and raising money for these different research projects. So I don't know if that's the difference, but it was a very interesting conversation with Eric and Michelle. And again, it's episode 57 of White Canes Connect. Now, something really cool was the other day, Lisa and I interviewed Sam Seavey from The Blind Life. He's a YouTuber and I've been watching him for probably about a year. And it was so cool to talk to him. And all the stuff that he is doing on YouTube, most of it is stuff that I would like to do. Now, the one thing that is different, and we were talking after we were done recording, as I mentioned, I want to do YouTube. I'm not as interested in doing a YouTube talking head type of video. Because to me, especially not being able to see, I could... You could call that a podcast to me because that's what it is. I, I don't need to look at somebody's face as they're talking to me. And while it's cool and it makes it seem like it's, you know, you're watching TV, you're watching a newscast or whatever, where you have people talking and you've got two different boxes up and, and so forth and so on. And I, I'm not saying I won't do videos like that, but I want to see videos. I, I follow this guy. His name is Alex Cooper. And uh, his channel is called WP Eagle. And he does WordPress stuff and affiliate marketing stuff. And he just moved from the UK to Spain a few months ago. And he does some of these videos while he's walking his dog around Estepana, Spain, down in the southern part of Spain on Costa del Sol. And close enough where on a nice day he can look out over the water and he can see uh, Gibraltar and just very interesting as he's walking around the city. So what he's saying is just as interesting as what's going on around him. And he will point out some things as he's walking by or, or whatever. So I find things like that. But again, it's a little more difficult when 
you're blind and you're trying to use your cane and you really don't have a free hand. Now, Alex is not blind, but he's got the dog leash in one hand and he's got the camera in the other. So I guess not too different from holding a cane to holding a dog lead. But I want to do stuff like that. Like I said, I want to go to places and walk around a museum and see how accessible it is and show folks that it is or it isn't. And if it is, how accessible is it? Is it really accessible or somewhat accessible or wah, 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 like the Philadelphia Zoo fails miserably? And I throw them under the bus every time I can because it's just unreal. So when Sam and I were talking after, he said, if you're doing a video from your studio where you are now, you basically only have to set up the shot once. One of the issues that I think I've mentioned, when I use my phone, if, if I were to use a microphone with it, I can't hear voiceover. Voiceover shuts off because when you plug something in, that's, it's almost mimicking like you're plugging in earbuds or whatever. So he also mentioned that a lot of people use just the earbuds because then you can still hear voiceover through that. So I may try that. Uh, but it was so awesome to speak to him. And uh, again, it's some he's somebody that I watch on a regular basis. He just did some videos called The Working Blind, where he talked to different people with different jobs. And just like I'm going to do with Blind Bosses once I get that off the ground. And, and again, that has not launched yet because I do not have the intro and outro uh, back yet from the announcer with the music and so forth. So waiting on... Waiting. I, I feel bad for Aaron Spelker because I said that was going to come out last week, and now it looks like probably not till next week some, at some point. But with The Working Blind, the series that Sam did, these different folks have different jobs. And again, just because you're blind, I could never be a chemical engineer, but there's a guy who was blind, and he and his wife do a podcast. His wife is sighted. And he's a chemical engineer or something like that. I could never do that in a million years. But he was trained to be a chemical engineer or whatever, whatever his exact PhD is in. So obviously he can do it. And he went through college when he had little to no sight. So that's something he could do. Maybe he can't do some things that I could do. I doubt it. But <laughs> So if you have the knowledge, it doesn't matter what type of industry or position, if you have the knowledge, you, there are workarounds, like I've said, and that's, uh, Sam tried to point that out, as well as to get folks who are lacking confidence. And that's another big thing in the blind community, where people don't think they could do it because they're blind. And there's enough underestimating from the sighted world that you have to deal with. You can't put that extra, oh, I can't do it attitude on top of that. It might not go great the first time, and it probably won't. Sam had mentioned it the other day, that when you start something, whether it's a YouTube channel or a podcast, they're going to suck at the beginning. And I guarantee mine were hopefully a lot worse (laughs) than they are now. But just like he was saying with his first videos, they weren't good. But you have to learn how to do it, and you have to learn how to make things work better for you. Same thing in any type of job. Just like when I worked at the Blind Bodega, I was terrified the first day that I was there. And they said, oh, we don't use voiceover on these. And I said, well, I I can't do them unless you do. And then once they put voiceover on, it was 
completely different. I started to figure out how to use the thing, and within a couple of hours, no sweat. I was going in and I was adding products, even though nobody showed me how to do that. Um, same thing. Um, Sam had come out with a video, just a, a YouTube short about doing something on your iPhone. And I, it had to do with the way the calls came up when you had an incoming call and you were using your device. And I never even thought about it, but when I was using my phone and a call came in, it was just a small banner up at the top had two buttons to accept or decline. And it was always difficult for me to find those buttons because they're very small. I can't tell where my finger is on the screen. So I had to drag my finger around. And because they're small, there wasn't a big margin of error to go from accept or decline. And when he said you could do it with making it the full screen, well, that's a lot easier because when you make it the full screen, when a call is coming in, you got a big accept button and a big decline button. That's a lot easier. And there's greater separation. And I thought, oh, you know what? I should probably look around while I'm here in settings doing what Sam just told me to do and figure out some other things. And I did make some other changes. And that's all you have to do. If you're blind, and you just got to play around with stuff. And that will help you learn a lot of things and learn how to do a workaround where a sighted person might do something one way, you're going to do it a different way. And you just got to figure it out. So again, that's White Canes Connect. That'll be episode probably 58, but we may have something that bumps it to episode 59. And that is with Sam from The Blind Life. And you can find him on YouTube at The Blind Life. So youtube.com slash The Blind Life, social media, The Blind Life everywhere. Uh, But it was awesome to speak to him and uh, just a lot of fun. And just talking to, it's like talking to somebody that you you want to be like. Lastly, there's just listen. And as I said earlier, I don't have anything for just listen. I wanted to get some stuff in New York, but (laughs) when we were in New York on Jane's birthday, we were constantly moving stuff and holding stuff. And I just, there was just no way to get my phone out and record. I certainly didn't want to record the ride up, although I guess I could have talked to Liz and could have had a little clip of her saying whatever while we were driving (laughs) to or from New York. But I don't have it this week. I'm a little disappointed in myself that I couldn't find anything else. I did toy with the idea, and I kind of thought it would be some sort of copyright violation. I have been intrigued by the craziness that's going on in the House of Representatives, (laughs) and I thought it would be fun to just have Adams and then the person shout out whether they were voting for Jeffries or McCarthy or Donald's or whoever. And I thought that would be cool. But again, I wasn't actually in the house when this was going on. It was on CNN or Fox News or whatever channel I may have had on. So I was figuring that some sort of copyright issue there. So I didn't do it uh, because I have been watching that. And I don't know if you've been watching that. It's kind of kind of been fun to watch honestly i love elections and it kind of reminds me of sports you kind of see a score and all that sort of stuff and uh just always something i've been interested in uh, but if you envision that if you've watched any of that that's what i thought of using so just think of that and i it just always made me laugh when the people shouted out who they were voting for and some were more excited than others <laughs> when they did it. Uh, just, a, just a lot of fun. Uh, but again, I apologize. No, just listen this week. So that is all I have 
for episode 213. And just to point out, I thought it was funny last week was episode 212, and I talked all about New York. And of course, 212 is the area code in New York. So I thought that was kind of funny. For this episode, 213, which is the area code in LA, I've never been. So that's the end of that. (laughs) Please reach out. If you've got questions, comments, show ideas, let me know what you're thinking. 646-926-6350. You have up to three minutes. Please leave your name in your town if you do leave a message. And I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out and say hi and tell me what's on your mind. Again, 646-926-6350. You can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. As always, show notes are over on the website, I can't see you.com slash 213. That's I can't see you.com slash 213. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I C A N T C U.com slash 213. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. I hope it was a great new year that you've started off. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.